Welcome back to another episode of the Hello Law podcast. Our special guest today is Oli, who is a trainee solicitor currently sitting in our employment department. Oli studied history at the University of Southampton and then went on to do the GDL and LPC at the University of Law. He secured numerous work experiences, which ultimately led him to become a trainee solicitor here at the firm. He has some brilliant insights ranging from previous work experience to applying and training at the firm. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Oli, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's great to have you as one of our guests after so much time to you know restart a bit of new season. And I think it'd be great to start off this episode with you by looking into your background potentially a bit. And it'd be great to hear from you. We know that you studied, for example, history at university and We'd like to explore if there was a reason for choosing it over, for example, studying law, which is something most people do when they go into a legal career, and flowing off for that, if it's not too many questions. Do you think you gained any particular skills from a history degree that you may not have had from a law degree, for example? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, big fan of the show. And, uh... <laughs> Glad to hear that. Um, yeah, no, I... I I chose history purely because it was my favorite subject at school and um, so some people obviously know what they want to do from an early age but I I wasn't (laughs) like that so um, I just thought if I'm going to commit to studying one subject in depth for the next three years of my life then I should probably pick one that I enjoy Um, so and yeah at that point history was what I enjoyed most at school and I'd had no real exposure to law at that point so didn't really know if I'd enjoy it or not and didn't hadn't really considered it as a route. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. just chose history. And then in terms of it being any different skills from, from a law degree, I think they're really similar to be honest. Um, they teach you very similar skills like research and critical thinking and stuff in both degrees. So that's obviously quite useful in terms of transferring over later, but at a base level, like really just, you read the facts, you analyze them, you apply what other people have said, whether it's other historians or case law in the case of law or whatever, and then you provide your own opinion. So it is like very similar. And there's, yeah, I mean, there's so many people who do history and then transfer over. So it's mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, says a lot about it. I, when I was applying for university, for me, it was either English law or history. And so I'm actually kind of jealous. Like I wish, I wish I had done the history degree. And I don't know if you two found it the same, but I think kind of in the beginning of my first year at uni, there was a bit of debate about was it better to do the law Mm. degree or was it better to do a non-law degree and then do the GDL? And who would be the ultimate lawyers? Was it the GDLers or was it the law degreeers? Mm -hmm. And so I'd quite like to know about my fate. You know, what was the GDL like if I had done a history degree? So Ollie take it away what was the process of doing the gdl like and the lpc as a non-law graduate did you find it easy was it a bit challenging was it you know maybe the worst thing you've ever done in your life and if you found it challenging how did you overcome those it wasn't so it's obviously hard to kind of compare it because i i did the gdl but i didn't do a law degree so the comparisons are hard but i think the idea is that it's sort of the core modules of a of a law degree condensed into one year so um I think the workload, the amount of content sort of crammed in was the biggest challenge and sort of getting your head around different, so many different areas of law kind of all at the same time. Um, But 
yeah I at that point I'd had a year of being a paralegal or just under a year of being a paralegal so I kind of had that bit of experience behind me which was really helpful for me because obviously otherwise I'd been coming into it with absolutely no knowledge of law but I did kind of have that bit of background which was really helpful um but yeah I think the the biggest challenge was probably the um the time management side of it but I think I did so I did the four day version of the course it's like four half days as opposed to two full days mm-hmm. and that sort of helped me because otherwise I'd have just seen it as like a five-day weekend if I'd done the, the two day two full days of workshops I probably would have been tempted to kind of relax a bit more and mm-hmm. treat it as a five-day weekend but the, the, the four half days sort of really helped me stick it out and sort of manage my time so that I was there sort of four five days a week rather than just two um and I just sort of treated it like a full-time job but other than that yeah no it's I I I I'm glad I did history because I really enjoyed my degree um and I don't think it's kind of negatively impacted me at all so um yeah I definitely recommend doing the GDL it's not as bad as everyone thinks but it's just sort of once you get your time management nailed then um yeah then yeah it's not so bad yeah, no, it makes sense. And it, it is a lot about time management, as you said, and like making sure that you stay on top of it. Uh, and it's quite interesting because, like so said, when also when I went started off at uni, there was this sort of debate about, you know, uh, doing a history degree, doing an, or whatever it was, a non law degree over a legal, a law degree, and whether that supplied any different skills. But as you said, it's quite similar in the way it prepares students to, you know, build up their analytical skills, their writing skills. So, there's probably no like objectively, uh, let's say, better degree of or the other, but they all sort of give you potentially slightly different skills. But in the end, you know, we everyone develops in their own way, and yeah, for sure, definitely. But definitely. It's, I think a, it's so yeah. transferable everything that you pick up. So, and even like beyond those kinds of degrees, you can probably find aspects in kind of mm-hmm. any degree that you can then apply to a, a law degree afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, having spoken now about your history background, we can also turn to the question that we ask, I'd like to say, all of the trainees that come on the show, uh, which is quite potentially an intense question, let's say, uh, being yeah. whether you always knew uh, that law was the route for you. I know you touched on it a bit before, just saying that you obviously had uh, paralegal experience, which we'll touch upon uh, later on in the show. But uh, was there a moment that led you to choose a law or was there always something in the back of your mind? Like if you could run us through sort of the process of, you know, deciding that this was what you wanted to do basically. Yes. I think just after my first year of uni is when I uh, sort of sat down and sort of started thinking about um, what I wanted to do. And by that time, a family friend had just recently qualified as a solicitor and they were like, well, come and do an informal work experience with me for like a week. And I did that and it was and it was something I really enjoyed. So from then I was just like, right, over the next couple of years I'm gonna try and get as much experience as I can. Um and just went about it doing it informally, just with any people I met along the way, just going, Oh, can I do a couple of weeks work experience with you sort of thing. Um so yeah, I gradually kind of dipped my toes in with the first one and then got more and more interested as I found it more and more enjoyable. And yeah, I don't think it was until really after uni, I sort of took a year out um, before applying for the GDL. And I thought, well, I'll try and get a a paralegal job just before I commit. 
to paying for the GDL being naturally risk averse, I was like, I'm actually going to try it out the day to day of being working in a law <laughs> firm. Um, because obviously when you do like a work experience, it's really good to kind of get a flavor of things, but you don't know like day to day whether you're still going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So um, that was massive for me. I think just being a paralegal going in and working every day and still really enjoying it, that made me sort of think like, actually, yeah, I really want to do this. Um, so yeah, probably just until after uni, before I started the GDL is when I really decided to commit to it, just when I was working in that that paralegal role. A uh, story for our listeners and for Ludo, Ludo, I don't think you know the story. <laughs> so um, Ollie and I did work experience at Pittman's at the same time. Yeah. And I remember I'd been at the firm for a few weeks and I remember just walking into the kitchen and seeing Ollie and being like, who on earth? <laughs> who is this person? <laughs> I have not seen you here before. And like chatting to you and finding out that you did a history degree and then never seeing you ever again. Yeah. And we then literally turning were making up. a cup of tea at the same time or something, weren't we? And that was it. Yeah, literally. And then turning <laughs> up on day one of the TC being like, I recognize him, but I don't know where from. And then making the connection that it was from the Pittman's kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is a small world. Um, and so we know that you've completed work experience at Pittman's, Doyle Clayton, and then you said you worked as a paralegal um, at Ellis Jones and yeah. GBH Law. So did you find that those opportunities were useful in building the skills that you needed that you needed to get a training contract? Or did you find that maybe there were other things that you did that you found more useful? Yeah, so the work experience placements really helped me to um, sort of gain some confidence and interest and decide that actually I, I really want to kind of work in law um, sort of allowed me to dip my toe in it um, when I had no previous experience um, but and, and the variety of work I got through these was really really helpful sort of so I did high street firms I did London firms and I did Pittman's like you just mentioned so um, so I had kind of a real cross-section of experience at, at different levels of the legal mm-hmm. industry sort of thing um, and then even within that, I did work experience in family, employment, corporate, banking and finance, dispute resolution, that sort of thing. So again, I had a real kind of varied um, experience of it, which gave me a real broad insight to the world at kind of like a low level, obviously not particularly in depth. Um, and then going on to the, the paralegal roles, um, they were obviously more long term and gave me an opportunity to pick up some real sort of legal skills um, and the firms I worked at as a paralegal were both great in terms of giving me a responsibility, which which has helped me hugely since. Um, one of the firms was quite small, but had like really experienced partners who had sort of just left their, I can't remember what firm they were at, but they were at a big firm and they left and, and set up their own firm. So that gave me some real kind of access to just being able to chat to them, pick their brains um, and just discuss law, um, which was really, really useful, just being able to talk to people with such experience. Um, yeah, that was great. And then I also worked for a firm that was a good size in terms of being big enough to be to be working on big multi-million pound cases, but also small enough that I was still heavily involved in the matters, even as a paralegal. Um, I had loads of, yeah, so I had loads of client contacts, um, loads of contact with barristers and other various kind of case management roles and involved in a couple of hearings at the high court. So. Um, this experience, particularly in the application process, is obviously um, really good to have on the CV. Um, 
but even on a lower level than that, I think just things like working in an office environment, working as part of a team, meeting deadlines, they're all sorts of things that I'd never experienced before. Um, it's my first like proper job in an office kind of thing. Um, so they were, they were beneficial in that way as well. Mm -hmm. no, that's some really great points that, uh, to, you know, how to build experience and also, like you said, getting accustomed to working in an office, working in a professional environment, which is something that, for example, I, this starting my training contract was the first, um, real job I had. I had some work experiences, but not to the extent you did, Ollie. So you definitely had that. Uh, more experience into working in a professional environment and figuring out that law was actually something you were really interested in. And also something else that I wanted to highlight is I think before you mentioned how you were able to secure some of these opportunities in an informal way for people that you knew. Is that correct? Yeah. So literally the first one was a family friend that just really recently qualified. Um, and then there was one time my dad was talking to someone that I didn't know and he was like oh my brother's a lawyer sort of thing and dad was like can can I have his email address to pass on to me so it was literally really tenuous links right. with some of them just I was kind of anyone that I kind of met along my journey who happened to be in law I was like please can I do some work experience with you sort of thing so I never had sort of a, a really formal vacation scheme style work experience placement which I think when when we met at Pittman, so if you were you were doing a more kind of formal one, weren't you? And I was yeah. I'd literally just come in um because I knew I'd met um Ollie Kelly in the corporate department and he he helped me set up some just informal work experience with him. Um so that's why we never actually sort of met properly because yeah Soph was doing the, the formal mm -hmm. um the longer longer term kind of work experience and I was literally yeah just beg borrowing and stealing any kind of work experience i can get my hands on at that time no I, I really like that i think because there's always this idea that work, securing work experience uh has to go through a formal process you have to apply it's really competitive uh when really like you did uh you can get work experience just by building your network and connecting with people and asking uh like you did and yeah, at yeah. the end of the day you have so many work experience when you see your linkedin profile i mean it got tons of it and then someone else who potentially has just gone through the formal application may have just won uh and so i think that's something to highlight because what for example one of the experiences i had messaging someone on linkedin which is sort of the same thing you were doing but it's just trying to think outside the box to secure that so it's definitely something for listeners to sort of pick up on and not just confine yourself to the standard application vacation scheme thing but try yeah. to reach out and you know, 100%. Okay. It's, there's kind of swings and roundabouts. There's there's better thing. There's some things are better about the formal process, and some things are better about the informal mm -hmm. one. But I think at the end of the day, like any experience is better than no experience. So even if yeah. it's just kind of shadowing someone for a day, literally just sitting in their office watching what they do, it's still kind of it's better than not doing that day. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And flowing on from that, what's your thoughts on? Um, non-legal work experiences when trying to get a training contract or a job in the legal sector uh we often hear about because i think there's this common belief that only legal work experience is useful uh to getting a training contract but uh, i noticed you did some non-legal work experience so i was wondering if you could share your thoughts on on this yeah definitely i think um 
I don't think that's the case that kind of only legal experience is, is useful. I think there's very few jobs out there where there are no transferable skills or no useful skills for mm-hmm. like applying for a law um, job. So in my case, I was just laboring for a construction company, um, mostly for pocket money during school and like uni holidays. But I also did that from finishing uni to before starting as a paralegal um, before I managed to get this job for three or four months through the winter kind of yeah cold 7am starts <laughs> it, was, it was yeah not fun but um, <laughs> even even from that job I still feel that there's things that I've picked up from that that I've applied to law um, for example just like work ethic and being yeah. willing to work long days um, to get a job done and interacting with customers and co-workers and, and just stuff like that I feel it's all transferable um, so and it, it kind of working in any kind of industry you're always going to have customers you're always going to have clients so you, you it helps you build like a, an appreciation of understanding things from a customer's point of view or a client's point of view um and i think if you look at our trainee intake there's quite a few people who have have had previous experience in areas outside of law um which which you know says a lot that you can you can really apply a lot of skills from a lot of different areas in, into this this job um and especially at, at BDB Pittman's, there's such a range of clients across a range of sectors. You never know when your kind of niche bit of experience of being a construction laborer might help when you're working with, I don't know, like a developer client in real estate or something like that. You know, it's, um, yeah, your, your niche kind of completely unrelated job previously quite uh, could quite possibly um, come in handy at a random point during your, your training contract. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? That is so relevant because I think about two weeks ago, I was working on a matter where some skills that I had developed and some in, some knowledge that I had from working in a preschool came in handy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this has been like useful for me working in a preschool, but it's never going to be applicable to, to law. And then I just found myself with this client, like advising on having a child who has special needs and a matter that she had. And I was like, this is so strange that, you know, something that I had experienced in a, in a previous job has now come full circle is now helping me in, in my legal job. And I, I really liked that you, that you said your specific examples there that you, of skills that you picked out in your construction job, because I think some people might look at a construction job and go, you know, I've had this job and you know, I have got skills, but they're not applicable to law. And but you can look at people who have maybe like had a job in a publishing house or something that's more written, you know, English based, and you can find those skills. So I think you are, you know, living proof that you can do a job that's not exactly 100% related to law, or even, you know, on the day to day in the same sphere as law, and still pick up those skills that on the day to day help you. Um, And you can put in your applications. Yeah, speaking definitely. speaking of applications and i'm sorry to take you back to this horrible time because <laughs> <laughs> i think we all like to block this part out of our memories <laughs> and every day, every year that applications come around i'm really grateful that i don't have to do them anymore <laughs> and i you know stand in solidarity with those who do have to do them um but what did you find was your greatest challenge during the application process because you know i don't know if you have different um challenges because you did a non-law degree or if you found you know similar challenges to what you might have if you did a law degree but 
did you find that you had a lot of challenges or was it a pretty smooth sailing for you? How did you overcome any challenges that you did have? I think one thing that kind of slightly concerned me about the, the process or my experience of the process was it didn't really sort of, I didn't notice it until I'd got to sort of further down when I was attending sort of assessment days. But I felt like everyone I seemed to talk to had done like vacation schemes. And so I was kind of like, I've obviously not done one. Um, but obviously I had other experience to fall back on like we've, we've already discussed. So that was sort of, I couldn't do anything about not having done a vacation scheme at that point, but luckily I had kind of something to counteract that on my CV. But um, yeah, I think that was the only real thing from my application process that I kind of that really sort of stuck with me in terms of, I remember being like concerned about that when talking to other applicants, but um actually when I attended the second assessment day at Pittman's as I was coming out of the tube station, you know, did, did you guys go to the old London office, the Broadway, at Broadway? I haven't actually. <laughs> it was, so it's like, right, it's pretty much right opposite the tube station. So I'm like coming out of the tube station and um, I can see the office. I'm like, right, I'm nearly there. <laughs> and then someone comes around the corner and bumps into me with like a cup of tea or coffee. No. And like spills oh, no. it down my shirt. So I'm like, right, I've got, I'm 10 yards away from the interview and I've got like this tea or coffee just down my shirt. So that was not an ideal way to turn up to the the interview. But, you know, it was fine in the end. I just sort of made a joke of it and yeah, carried on. (laughs) But yeah, it was just not, not what you want on your, um, your assessment day. (laughs) You you even get so close to the office and it's like the last obstacle. I'm like, I'm like, right, I'm there on time. You know, I've covered all the bases. I don't want to be late. So I've got all that sorted. I can see the office and then bang, um, covered in tea. (laughs) Well, you overcome that challenge. You just showed up anyway. Great, great resilience, Ollie. Yeah, luckily I think it dried quite well. So it wasn't hugely noticeable. I just sort of, I actually pointed it out more than people noticed it, I think, which, you know, (laughs) um, but yeah, we got through it. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's terrible, but <laughs> good for you for going through with it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, we've got some more sort of application-style questions now as we move on to the last stage of this interview, Ollie. And one of them is um, one of the classic interview questions I want to say when you show up to a firm. Uh, why was BDB Pittman's the firm you chose to train at? Um, So as I mentioned earlier, I've done kind of work experience in a few different types of firms, sort of high street firms, London firms. Um, And I felt that uh, BDB Pittman's was sort of the perfect sort of size firm for me. It wasn't, it was was a big firm and attracted big clients and interesting work, but it wasn't sort of so big that people didn't know each other. You just kind of felt like another number kind of thing, like just another employee. So that really appealed to me. and also had the the brief kind of um, work experience at placement at sort of pre-merger Pittman's, um, which I'd enjoyed and it kind of gave me at least a tiny insight into working at the firm. So that was kind of nice to have in the back of my mind that I know that my experience of it so far I'd enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the overriding factor for me was just, I remember looking on the web- websites because you're obviously at that time you're comparing lots of different firms, like where you want to apply sort of thing. And I remember looking on the Pittman's website, the BDB Pittman's website, and just the the amount of sectors and services that they had just seemed to be a lot more extensive than other like comparable firms. And that was just quite appealing to me um, 
if only from like a, a training point of view it's, it's kind of attractive to know that there's like increased chance of getting more variety of work um when you're training so that was the main thing that stood out to me i think was the um yeah just the extensive variety of sectors and services that the firm operates in yeah i always forget that you're a bdb pitman's applicant rather than a <laughs> legacy bertram dyson bell or legacy pitman's applicant yeah so i i was sort of applying i can't remember when the deadline was but i feel like i was doing my application in like january 2019 and i think the merger was like december 2018 so it was really like bang on when the <laughs> merger was taking place yeah and i'd love to know whether the training contract has lived up to the expectations you know everybody has a different experience based on you know the work you've done who you work with what's happening in your seats at any given time and so how has training at the firm been for you? Because obviously we've joined at quite a strange time in the world. And so we have to throw that into the mix. So yeah, have you have you enjoyed it? Let's hear the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting point you make about it being different for each person. Because I feel like we were in the same department for our first seat, weren't we, Soph? And I feel like we yeah. had, even within the same department, had two completely different, well, not two completely different experiences, but we had like different working situations so that was that's quite interesting but um yeah obviously it's been strange because of the pandemic and working from home almost exclusively for like the first year um but i've still yeah really enjoyed it it's been um it's been varied between each seat uh, which is good because it like helps you get used to different people's working styles different departments working styles um and yeah I'm, it's really enjoyable i've been busy at some times and, and quieter at others but like overall i think i've kind of been working at a good level in terms of striking a balance between not being chained to a desk um, and doing late nights constantly but also not sat here kind of looking for extra work sort of thing so um yeah it was yeah it's been good so far my first seat was real estate with you so and i was pretty much working with just one person or two people rob rob and marcus um and rob who i mainly dealt with was just really approachable and really happy to pick up the phone and answer any questions at any time which bearing in mind it was like my first seat and i had like the initial kind of fear of not knowing what to expect from the training contract sort of thing i think that was really beneficial for me just him being so yeah approachable um, and kind of just helping me ease my way into it sort of thing Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. And it's something that I've found too in all the seats that I've done. There's always been people have always been uh, very approachable and ready to help uh, whenever you had a question, which was uh, in particular made a bit harder when we were just training remotely in the, in the first seat or for the most part. And now it's a bit more, we go into the office each week, uh, even if it's two or three days, depending on the department. How have you found that sort of change between training remotely and now partly in person? Yeah, I mean, I mean I've actually met you in person now, Ludo. Which uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, when you're working remotely, you miss out on picking up on the soft skills that you pick up, you get just from being sat in an office, sort of like listening to mm -hmm. people's conversations and their phone calls with clients and stuff. Um, but I think the training's been pretty much as good as it could have been. In the circumstances so there's no real way of substituting that experience of sitting next to someone in the office but mm -hmm. like, personally i've not had any issues with 
people not being willing to answer any silly questions like you said ludo like everyone's been really approachable and really happy to help and the feedback's been yeah really good so i don't think any more could have been done on in terms of working remotely mm-hmm. but um i'm definitely enjoying being back in the office i think in my current seat it's sort of um so much easier just to have a quick discussion um about something and yeah everyone in the department is so nice so it's nice to sort of feel really like you're part of the team rather than or yeah mm-hmm. it's like zoom socials are great but you can't really um it's just not the same is it as, as being in the office and sort of chatting with the team and like feeling a lot more part of it so that's um that's what i've really enjoyed about being back in the office i think and in, in employment at the moment my seat um there's two nqs in the department as well so i just found it really nice and really useful being able to chat to them um because they're obviously in our position like a few months ago so it's yeah they're just really kind of a good go between between me and like the people higher up the people with more experienced sort of thing so mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've really enjoyed being back in the office do you know what it's funny because when people would say like previously when we were training remotely are oh, you missing out so much on this this and this i'd always think well yeah, maybe I am, but I don't really miss it because I haven't experienced this part of working in the firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now we're definitely. in office, I think, like, how did we do months and months just over Zoom and yeah, not ever definitely. meeting people? <laughs> yeah. And now, like, meeting people, at least for me, in person before seeing them on Zoom, I was like, wow, this, this is what <laughs> it's really like to, to work in a firm and meet people and not have a name tag underneath their name. But remembering <laughs> people's names is so much harder when you haven't seen them like 400 times on Zoom before you meet them in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've touched a little bit on how you found some of your seats. Um, and for the benefit of our listeners, you first sat in real estate, then in corporate, and now you're sitting in employment. Yeah. Um, so generally, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit of insight into how you found all of them. I know you've touched a bit on real estate and um, employment so far, but it might be nice to hear about corporate. Um, are there any of your seats that stood out to you? Any that surprised you? I know a lot of the people we've spoken to on the podcast so far said that, you know, they went into one seat, they didn't know if they'd like it, and it turns out that they loved it and they've qualified into it. So have you had like kind of a similar experience in loving a seat or the work was so different that it surprised you? Real estate really surprised me because on the GDL, I just could not get my head around land law of like, I tried so hard, just could not understand it. But actually, when I was doing it in practice, I seemed to, yeah, I seemed to find it a lot, a lot easier than when I was trying to do it on the uh, the GDL. Employment I'd done before as a paralegal, um, and it didn't feel like I was starting from square one as much as I did with other um, seats. So that was, yeah, the easiest one that I found to kind of get stuck in with and, and hit the ground running sort of thing. Um, and then corporate yeah i enjoyed corporate as well um again it wasn't a surprise it was something that um i kind of i hadn't so i hadn't studied it before i didn't do the any electives on the um lpc corporate wise i did commercial um but i kind of very much was aware of what i was getting into with corporate and i i enjoyed it so um yeah no surprises there well it's very interesting to hear your insight into the different seats uh, because it, you know from someone out on the outside applying to the firm you read for example corporate you read about real estate but actually experiencing like like we do it's it's completely different isn't it from studying it like you said at the gdl 
Uh, and, and it's a very interesting that you surprise yourself like that. And it would be also interesting to hear from you. How do you think you have developed as a lawyer throughout the training contract? I know you said, you know, sitting around people, listening to the calls, you build up those skills. Um, but how do you think the training contract is sort of preparing you for when you finally become and qualify uh, as a real lawyer, let's say? Yeah. I think... Um like with anything the main thing you gain as you go along is the confidence that comes with experience so even though you have to every six months rotate a seat and go back to the start in a new area of law <laughs> you still have the the kind of general legal skills of like drafting legal writing and talking to clients and those sort of skills like you say that you pick up from being around other people in the office like they're transferable across all areas so you can still draw on that experience when you move seats and I think that's really kind of I've become a lot more confident just doing those sorts of things which are kind of the underlying skills in any area of law um so yeah I think just becoming more confident it's funny how your confidence grows throughout your training contracts I remember coming in first seat and being like a nervous wreck that anything I was going to do was going to be like not up to par and people are going to expect me to know everything and then you stride into your third seat and you're thinking you know I don't know everything here but I'm going to give it a good crack yeah 100 percent. yeah and let's keep our self-reflective mirrors out Ollie take a, <laughs> take a deep, big look into that self-reflective mirror because if you were talking to your own self just before you're about to start your training contract what would you tell yourself about the training contract and the experience and you know were there any nerves that you dispelled? What that you would dispel? What would you? What would you tell yourself? Literally, you just uh, answered that, given my answer, and your kind of uh, build up to this question about being like walking to your first seat, being daunted, and thinking people are going to know, you know, people are going to expect you to know everything. Um, that'd be the one thing I'd say is just to to like not be daunted. It's um, like people won't expect you to know everything straight away, or in fact, like at any point during your seat, everyone's very aware that um you're learning and everyone's been in that position before so i think yeah you kind of have higher expectations of yourself than other people have of you not in a like not in a bad way but um yeah just just to really kind of not put yourself under pressure to worry about those sorts of things that actually as, as we've said multiple times everyone's so approachable and happy to answer questions so once you kind of yeah are open to that and, and willing to ask these silly questions um yeah it's it's fine mm -hmm. yeah no i completely agree with that uh not being scared obviously you know don't un ask questions like whenever you aren't sure about the, something for example sometimes you just have to give it a go but yeah. never f be scared of asking a question because you're it's a training contract so you're here to train uh, or even whatever role you're in i think this should always be a a level of approachability which is great because i think we've all had the an experience where everyone we've met or you know has always been ready to help us out uh, so i think that's something that does set the firm apart and uh, yeah i completely agree with what you said there and i think it leads quite nicely into what is our last question for you ollie um what is your biggest piece of advice to the generation of upcoming lawyers and those people that are interested in a career at bdb pitman's so it probably seems quite an obvious one, but I think probably just being willing to sort of listen to everything and everyone around you, sort of particularly when you're in the office, because mm -hmm. as we said earlier, like you pick up so much just from listening to a conversation or having one yourself. Um, and I found 
when I was sort of a paralegal at a smaller firm, being able to pick the brains of people with a lot more experience than me, and you can obviously still do that at B2B Pittman's with, with any of the partners, like it's still, it's so beneficial. And it, you might be talking about a topic that may not seem particularly relevant to you at the time, but there'll probably be an instance in the future where something comes up and you're like, oh yeah, I was I'm talking to so-and-so about that. Um, mm-hmm. And then even if it doesn't kind of answer your question, then at least you know who to go to to discuss it again sort of thing so i think yeah one thing i've benefited from is just listening um to kind of everyone and anyone um so yeah i I'd definitely say that sort of thing yeah no that's a great piece of advice uh and i think it's something that i want to say it's a bit different but i can't remember that someone said exactly the same thing which we always get something different which is great and i completely agree with you there just trying to be ready to absorb as much as possible and make that build up a network uh to, to know people and to understand new things is definitely something really valuable and all your answers today have actually been very very valuable i'm sure all our listeners will really enjoy going through this episodes picking up on all the great points that you made so thank you so much for taking the time to join us ollie it's been a pleasure to have you on the show no worries thank you for having me thanks ollie you've been great Thank you so much for listening to this Hello Law podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us a review to let us know what you think. And also don't forget to hit follow to avoid missing out on any new episodes. Again, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.